Praise the Lord. It's time to get started. It's time to get started. Come on. Clap your hands. Stand to your feet as we go back and do this oldie but goodie. Jesus, blessed Savior. Oh, he's worthy this morning. Is he worthy? Here we go. Sing. Praise him. Oh, praise him. Praise him this morning.
from bringing us from a sick bed, Father, from bringing us to a full table. We thank you for rising our slumbering heads this morning, Father, to taking away our worries. We thank you. And Father, we ask now that you would help us to give you the best praise we can this morning because you deserve all the glory and all the honor. We thank you for your grace and your mercy because it wasn't our behavior that granted us these blessings, but you, Father. And we thank you for them. And now, Father, as we move further into this service, we ask that you would bless the preach word this morning, that it would go out and touch our hearts, our soul, and our minds, and we'll be a better Christian behind it. that you would continue to bless us as we go further. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Simple song says, I love you. Lift your voice this morning and, and love on him. I love you. this morning. We magnify your name this morning, Master. Father, forgive us for all we've done, knowing and unknowing. Father, grant it 
for you know what we need before we even speak. And we thank you for it, Master. We just thank you for being God all by yourself. And Father, bless the man who's going to break the bread this morning, Master. Give him strength to feed your sheep, Father. Father, bless those who are here. Bless those who are on the way, Master. Father, bless the leaders of this world that they may come to know you in the ponds of their sin, Father. For we know without you we, we can't make it. Father, once again, it's not how long a prayer, but it's how sincere it is. And Father, from the heart, in your darling Son, Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Are there any worshipers in the house this morning? Anybody come to praise the name of the Lord this morning? Come on, let's just lift up the name of the Lord and magnify his name. Hallelujah. Come on, that's why my heart, that's why my heart, that's why my heart is filled with praise. Can you sing a love song to him? Selling my heart and my mind, my soul, my mind, my soul. My soul, my soul, pay the price for me way back. Come on, come on, that's why, that's why, that's why. Oh, I lift you up, I magnify. Praise him this morning. God's been good. That's why my heart. Woke me up this morning. Started me on my way. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Put food on my table. Put clothes on my back. That's why. That's why. I woke up this morning and knew what my name was. That's why my heart is filled. Anybody got a reason to praise him? Hallelujah. Thank you for everything. Thank you for everything. That's why. Oh! 
If your heart is filled with praise, you're in the right place. Amen. We thank God for his many blessings. Thank God for you this morning. We're going to ask that we just help us with our continued uh, session this morning. And if you would, won't you please stand for our responsive reading. May we all read together through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Let's say that again. Amen. And the song this morning simply says, the blood will never, never lose its power. Let's sing together.
blessing. Gave us so much to stand on. Said it will never, never, never lose. And that's a blessing right there. We thank God for that. We have a lot to lean on. Amen. We're going to pause now just for a few announcements. And we ask you to please respond to these as you see fit. Uh, Brother Benny Earl Larry Jr. was funeralized here on yesterday. And we ask you to continue to pray for that family. Also, we ask you to please continue to pray for our own Brother Fred Gross. I don't think he's here this morning. I've not seen him, but I did hear from him on yesterday. So we ask you to pray for Brother Gross that he may be back with us very soon. We also ask that you please pray, pray for all of those who may be sick and shut in. Also, for those members who are participating in the Cantata this year, we ask you to pray for them. They've got a lot of work to go through, and we ask you to please pray. We ask also that you don't forget the service this afternoon at 3 o'clock, and I'm sure the pastor will mention that, but we ask that you please uh, uh, be here at 3 to just uh, for the deacon um, ordination. So I know it'll be something that you will want to know because you have a group that we are adding to the group, and I know that you want to know that. We also ask that you please pray for our own, uh, well, not necessarily our own, Alma Irvin. She is the sister of our own brother, Charles Irvin, and we ask you to pray for that family as well. We have a thank you note. Thank you for your love, kindness, prayers, please, uh, gift cards, and kindness uh, given us during the passing of our brother. And this comes from Love uh, Charity Kelly and Robbie Edwards. There are all kinds of things happening. We ask that you just pray. Amen? You can't, you can't pray too much. This time now we're going to pause for just a moment and get some additional announcement from the media. Media? Good morning, Kay Chapel. Don't miss out on the popcorn sale. Be sure to see a member of the Boy Scout or the Cub Scouts prior to November the 2nd to place your order. Class 10A is asking for your support of their blanket drive. The class will be collecting new and gently used twin or full-size blankets for donation to the Billy Bromfield Shelter for Men. You may submit your blankets by placing them in a marked box in the fellowship hall anytime before Sunday, November the 4th. Because the recipients may need to travel with their belongings throughout the winter months, we ask that you do not submit full bedding sheets or lightweight throws as they're not quite as warm as blankets. This is a great opportunity for you to get involved and to serve. We look forward to your support. Be sure to join us today here at Cade at 3 p.m. for our Deacon Ordination and Installation. Our 2018 Deacon candidates are Brother Steve Collins, Brother Morris Dixon, Brother Lawrence Campbell, Brother Bryant Guy, Brother Perry Allen, Brother Ken Brown, and Brother James Williams. Please be in prayer for these candidates, and we look forward to fellowshipping with you this afternoon. Don't forget to set your clocks back one hour next week as Daylight Savings Times begins on November the 4th, or you can just show up early for church. Either way, we'll see you next Sunday. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com, or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app, but be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. I do have one more note here. It says, Celebration of Life for Otis Lynn Henry, and that is the son of our own sister May Harrington. The services will take place on November the 3rd, 11 o'clock at New Zion Baptist Church uh, in Angie, Louisiana. We ask you to pray for that family, because I know if you've not experienced that, your day is coming. Amen. 
this time now, we're going to just pause and recognize our visitors. I know we must have some, in our, some out there. So at this time, we're going to ask if you would, please, visitors, if you're not yet a member of this congregation, we're going to ask you to please stand. Let us thank you for coming and invite you back. All visitors, please stand up. Amen. God bless you, all of our visitors. Won't you stand? Amen. Just a few. Amen. There's some in the back. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, we're so excited and delighted that you're here with us worshiping. Whenever your schedule allows, we want you to come back and share with us here at K Chapel. They're way back there in the back, y'all. So y'all make sure you go to the overflow area and, and greet them. Amen. God bless you. This is our fellowship here. Won't you reach out and welcome your neighbor? Welcome to K Chapel.
Amen. What a mighty God we serve. We are grateful and thankful for this Lord's Day, day that God has given us to worship and adore him. We're thankful also that this is a day that we celebrate in Holy Communion, but it is also a day that we've set aside, uh, as has been mentioned in our uh, morning announcements, uh, where we are celebrating the ordination of uh, seven new deacons. Amen. 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 Listen. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm glad this is a growing church. I'm glad this is a growing church. It never fails with, without, without fail. At least once a week, I, I meet somebody who introduces themselves to me and say to me, Brother, I, I'm a member, I'm a new member of the church. And I, I don't know their names. I have to get their names. We're out somewhere. And I, I just joined someone. And I, I thank God that we're a growing church. Amen. Amen, amen, and because, because of that growth, uh, certainly we're thankful that we're able now to uh, bring before the congregation uh, these seven men that we ask for the congregation's approval on. Uh, we are a Baptist church, amen? That, that means that, that there's no bishop over us telling us who got to be what, uh, but we decide for ourselves, amen? Amen, and so we're going to bring these men before you, and as a congregation, uh, which is Baptist polity, we will decide for ourselves who will then serve us. That's one of the great distinctives of the Baptist Church, and we're grateful to be able to share in that privilege on this afternoon at 3 p.m. And so we invite each of you to come, not if you don't have anything to do. Come if you got something to do. Amen. Put it on the back burner. Come and make this part of what you are doing this afternoon. This is a very important part of the history and the life of our church, and we want all of our members to take part and be a part of it. Amen. Amen. God bless you and God keep you. Listen, I know that you saw uh, th there's a lot going on in our world. There's a lot taking place uh, in this nation. Uh, you saw on yesterday the, the tragedy at the Jewish synagogue in Pittsburgh. Uh, you saw earlier this week the attempted bombings that were mailed to uh, people who were not with uh, 45 Amen. I'm trying to be real good, y'all. I'm trying. But, but you know, you, you, you can't put logs on a fire and then wonder why it's burning. You, you can't stir in a pot and then act like you don't know what's in it. Amen. And, and, and a lot of what we see happening uh, is what we see being stoked. Amen. And, and, and I'm not going to get too far into this this morning, but, 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 but let me say this. There is an election coming up. Amen. November 6th, there is an election coming up. Amen. And, and we have our obligation. We have uh, a civic responsibility to make sure that we are at the polls. Uh, it is not enough for the church uh, to talk about worshiping God uh, if we're not doing our civic responsibility, making sure that God's will is done in the earth. Now listen, God's going to do his part, but we've got to do ours. We've got to do ours. And so we invite you to be at the polls, to make sure that your friends and your neighbors are at the polls. 
Uh, and also, if you are able, if you are able, uh, there is the opportunity for those of you after you, if you're retired and, and looking for other things to do later in the day, there is the opportunity to, for you to man phones at the NAACP office because, uh, as you know, there can be some trickery and chicanery going on. Amen. In state and federal politics. And if that is taking place, we need uh, men and women to be able to answer the phones uh, to, to hear if there are concerns or, or irregularities in the voting process. If you are interested in doing so, there are forms available uh, for the NAACP and One Voice office. You can fill that out. Our uh, Minister of Social uh, Witness has those available. You can fill those out and become a part uh, of the, that phone answering crew. Uh, I, I know that they will be uh, indebted to your service. Amen? Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. Brother Thickpin, won't you come? Okay, uh, it's time now that we prepare our minds and our hearts and spirits to give as we have been so blessed. And let me tell you what, it's just good to be able to give, amen? amen. The more you give, the more he will give to you. We ask you to prepare now to give. We have words from the pulpit, and after which we'll, the choir will come and the ushers will prepare us and take whatever we give. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise, honor, and glory be to God. Amen. Amen. Usher, choir. I need you. 
one more person's church. I'm gonna continue to run for Jesus, even if I have to run alone, because it's my determination to make God beautiful, heaven my home. We ask that you just pray for these individuals now and pray that God will use you in a mighty way. This is the final selection for the morning. Let it be 
Dear Lord, let him be. Thou art strong, oh Lord Jesus, keep me from all wrong, oh Lord, and I'll be satisfied as long, oh closer to the Lord in personality I want to look more like him 
I want to act more like it. I want to sound more like it. Nearer my God to thee. Amen. Let the church say amen. Man, that's just good singing. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, male chorus. I want to invite your attention this morning to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number six. Acts chapter number six. I want to begin reading at the first verse. Acts six verses one through seven. And it reads as follows. And in those days, when the numbers of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. The word of God increased. The number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Later this afternoon, as I have mentioned in my pastoral remarks, we will gather 3 o'clock, to participate in a practice that dates back to the very beginning of the church, ordaining men to serve as deacons. I want to use this moment to prepare you for what we will do this afternoon and talk this morning about the biblical deacon. The biblical deacon. The office of deacon is vitally important in the life of the church. It demands careful examination, careful prayer, consideration of a man's character, consideration of the conduct of his affairs, and his confession of faith. We are grateful, first, for the necessity to ordain new deacons. As I've said, due to the growth of the church and due to the addition of new families, we, thanks be unto God, we are a healthy church with steady growth that necessitates new hands and new feet willing and able to serve the people of God. Thanks be to God that the Lord has put such men among us to serve the body of Christ with diligence, patience, and compassion. And let me, let me, let me, let me hurry up and say that 
the men who we will present to you this afternoon are not the only good men in this church. They are not the only men here with strong character. These men are not the only men of good reputation. They are not the only men who are full of faith and wisdom here at K Chapel. They are but a few among many whom we believe that the Holy Spirit has specifically set aside for this ministry at this moment. And my prayer and the prayer of the deacon's ministry is that you as a congregation will pray for them, will receive them, and give them the space to grow into the ministry to which the Lord has called them to serve you. So this morning, in preparation for what we will experience this afternoon, I want to share with you what the Bible has to say about the deacon and his role in the life of the church, and in so doing, deepen your own relationship and understanding with your deacon so that you will come to appreciate the ministry that he is called to provide and the service that he is obligated to render to you. First of all, the word deacon in the Bible comes from the Greek word diakonos, which is translated servant. Serving is in fact the primary function of the deacon. Serving, not sitting. Serving, not directing. Serving, not even controlling. Serving, not managing. Serving, serving the body of Christ, ministering to the needs of the people of God is the biblical reason for the deacon's existence. The ministry of the deacon was formed out of the need for service. And oftentimes churches get the ministry of deacon wrong and power struggles ensue because they are using models other than those of the Bible. A corporate model has deacons acting as a board of directors providing direction for the church. A governmental model has deacons acting as a cabinet of ideological leaders implementing policies of the church. A school model has deacons acting as a group of divisional experts overseeing the ministries of the church. And while a little of each of these is involved in the deacon's ministry, a biblical model offers the picture of a deacon primarily as a servant who provides nurture and tends to the necessities of the church body. Yeah. And everything else that the deacons do, and be mindful, deacons do a lot more. But of everything else that the deacons do, it must be seen through the lens of service. Yeah. That is the reason that the deacons ministry exists, out of a need for service. And, and when you read Acts number 6, you first see the reason. Yeah. The reason for the deacon's ministry to exist. Let's look at it. A perfect, a perfect storm in this text was developing that prompted the birth of deacons. It was a perfect storm because it involved, watch this, issues of race and resources. The text says, this is in the very first verse, the text says, and in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, the gospel, y'all, is being preached and people were being converted, which meant that the, gross, the, the church was growing in size and the number was multiplying. Exponential growth is taking place. And while growth is something that churches always want to do, a rule of thumb generally is more people, more problems. Y'all not going to talk to me in here. 
So, so while the church is multiplying with people, there arose a problem, a situation. While more people were being added, more problems started brewing. And listen, church, you cannot be afraid of problems. You cannot expect the church to grow without there being some problems along the way. Don't let a few problems here and there cause you to become jaded with the church. There are going to be issues when there are growing churches. Churches that don't have any problems are churches that are not growing. Y'all not talking to me in here. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the issue, the issue, the issue is how you deal with problems as you grow. How do you create practices and policies that eliminate problems and in the process edify people and glorify God? There was a problem with the early church and there will be problems in the modern church. But hear me and hear me well, there is no problem that born again Christians can't handle together. Say it again. I'm going to say it again. There is no problem that born again Christians cannot sit down and reason upon together. There's no problem that people of God cannot conquer together. There was a problem in the early church. There was a situation. What, what was the situation? What was the problem? Preacher, I'm glad you asked. The text says that the benevolence among the widows was not being evenly distributed. Watch this, and not only was it not being evenly distributed, but its distribution appeared to be happening on racial lines. See the text, I'm not making it up here. Here was this church multiplying in membership and apparently doing so as a multi-ethnic congregation of Greeks and Hebrews. It's a beautiful thing, really. That at the start of the church, as the gospel is being preached in all of its purity and power, that people from different cultures are coming together through faith in Christ. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. That when you preach the gospel, it does not matter who you are or where you come from, that the gospel of Jesus Christ will draw everybody. This gospel of a man who suffered for the sake and the salvation of others will draw everybody. This gospel of a man who took on sin so that ours would be forgiven will draw everybody. This gospel of a man who performed all manner of miracles providing, proving his power. A man who associated with all kinds of people proving his compassion. A man who accepted the unlearned as his disciples proving his humility. A man who hung on a cross as if he were a criminal not defending himself. That kind of gospel will draw everybody. But while the gospel of Christ can bring people together, people have to do right by each other, each other in order to stay together. I'm going to say that again. The gospel can bring you together, but you got to treat each other right if you're going to stay together. That, that, that's one reason. That's one reason why, why you can talk about racial reconciliation among the churches of Mississippi. That's a grand goal and a great movement. But until people in the body of Christ do right by each other, races cannot be reconciled. Until, 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 until you deal with the fact that you place your love of a flag over the feelings of fellow Christians, races cannot be reconciled. 
until you understand that the great America that you're trying to go back to is an America that has always had the white American male in power, an America that has always been discriminatory to black people, less fair with women's rights and wages, more oppressive to Native Americans and less inclusive to anyone who is not Eurocentric. Races in churches can never be reconciled. Until evangelicals acknowledge that for the last 30 years you have preached about voting your values, you have preached about having morality at the center of your vote, but in 2016 you were willing to sell those values and pawn those morals for a few federal and Supreme Court appointments and a nationalist agenda that echoes some of the most racially charged movements this world has ever known. Racists cannot be reconciled. And until you understand that every time you defend your vote and your current support for this president, you say in effect that the high and holy calling of the Christian life is really not that high and really not that holy. But can easily be reduced to a mere voting block of expediency. I come by to tell you races within the body of Christ cannot be reconciled. You can have as many prayer breakfasts as you want to. Eat a biscuit and gravy and act like you've done something. You ain't done a thing until you acknowledge that how you voted was wrong and call yourself my brother. Don't call me brother and call me sister and look me in my eye and know that you're voting against me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to be talking about deacons, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Deacons, 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 deacons. What, what, what happened, what happened, what happened in the early church, Acts chapter 6. Over time, people began to notice that everybody in the church was not being treated equally. It's in the text. And the reason they were not being treated equally is because whether we like to admit it or not, people have within them implicit biases. And those implicit biases are at work all the time. And implicit biases can even creep into the church. What, what is an implicit bias? An implicit bias is like the frame of a building. When, when you're looking at a building, you go by and you see a wonderfully designed, architecturally designed building, and you look at that and it, and it, and it inspires you, and it awes you, and you say, that's a beautiful building. Uh, what you don't see, you don't see the frame. You see the exterior, you see the glass, you see uh, the brick, you see all of the things that make it beautiful, but inside of it is the frame that's holding it all together, that's giving it its shape and its form and its function. And, and without the frame, everything you're looking at would not be. That, that's what an implicit bias is. An implicit bias is running in the background. It's, it's not out front where you say, ooh, look at how beautiful that frame is. No, you, you don't see the frame. You see what the frame holds up. An implicit bias is holding up how we act 
inform decisions we make and positions we take. They shape the attitudes we hold and the behaviors we exhibit. And without us even being aware of them, they are always in operation. And so it was with the early church. Here's what I like about the text, Bruce. The Bible says that the issue was brought before the apostles of their unfair treatment of the Grecian widows. Now, now, now watch this. They didn't come to the apostles and say, y'all being racist. You don't see that. They, they didn't come to important fingers and, and attacking them for being bigots. They, 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 they didn't even suggest that, that their oversight came from a place of, feeling, uh, of them feeling uh, more superior and the others feeling inferior. All they did was make an observation. And the observation basically was this. We have observed that when you distribute the benevolence, that every time you run out, the Hebrew widows have been served. But the Greek widows don't have anything. Now, we're not calling you racist. But we've observed that you are Hebrews and the Hebrew women get what they need but our women get left out. We're not calling you racist but we've observed that there are some implicit biases working inside of you that cause you, watch this, to serve your own before you ever get to us. Do you, do you hear it? Do you hear it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we're not calling you racist, but the pattern suggests something about how you view and do life. And while, while you may not feel like a racist, I'm, I'm just imagining this might be a, a good way for somebody to have this talk with them. You, you, you may never use the N-word. You may not ever feel like a racist. You, you may let your children play with our children. We, we may go to the same schools. I wish I had a witness in here. Some of your best friends may look like us. But, but, but what I'm saying is when it comes to resources being distributed, there's a disparity among our people. Oh, shut yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we're not calling you racist. But what you're doing is certainly, watch this, tribal. It's not racist, but, but you're certainly looking out for your own. Do I have a witness here? They, they, they brought that case to the apostles. Now watch what happened. Look at the response. That was the reason for the, for the, for the disciples' existence. But watch this. Look at the response. The response, the response is, and I find this interesting, the apostles, when they were level with that charge, they didn't argue. They didn't try to explain it away. They didn't defend themselves. And neither did they refuse to acknowledge the feelings of their Greek brothers. They said, you know what? It is not reasonable for us to leave the word of God and try to serve everybody. It was an implicit 
if not explicit, at least an implicit acknowledgement that the charges leveled against them were fair. They owned the criticism without defending their practices. And then in their response, they gave a solution. Look among yourselves and find seven men. And here begins the ministry of the deacon. Here is the prototype for the biblical deacon. And what I need you to see is that deacons came to be out of a need for service. It was not a need for status. It was a need for service. It was not a need for some men to be recognized. It was a need for a response. It was not out of a need of wanting to be seen, but the needs of others needing to be served. Deacons came to be because of the needs of a growing church and to help resolve a conflict that had the potential of doing great harm to the witness of that church. Think about it for a moment. How would it look if a church that was talking about love, that was talking about unity. How would it look if that church could be charged with being bigoted with its own membership? How would it look if that church that's preaching the love of Christ if the, point, if the finger were pointed at them and say, you talk about loving your neighbor, but look at us. You're not even loving your own who believe like you, but come from a different country. So the apostle said, we've, we've, we've got to change this. We've got to answer this. We've got to give a response. And the response is, look among yourselves. Find seven men. That's the response. But wait a minute. After response... The apostles give some requirements. They said, don't just find any man. Don't, 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 don't just put anybody up there who got uh, two legs, two arms, and want to do something. Said, no, let's have some requirements for who you, in fact, choose to serve you. Few requirements they said, first of all, make sure whoever you choose is an honest man. It's an honest report. That, that, that the apostles say, look among yourselves and find men whose name in the community is good. Find some men, watch this, who when their name comes up, good things follow. Find some men who when you call their names, other folk can say, that's a good man. Y'all, they talking to me in here. F find some honest men. Look for men who, who when their name is mentioned, yet yeah, that, that others can, can sign on and validate, yeah, and verify that they are men of good report. Look for men who are upstanding, the apostles say, men who are honorable, men who are truth tellers, honest men who don't cheat their way through life, honest men who don't steal to try to get ahead, honest men who are upstanding in their dealings, honest men who say what they mean and mean what they say, honest men who don't t talk about uh, things out of both sides of their mouths but, but can be trusted that, that when they say one thing, they're not telling somebody else something else. I wish I had a witness in here. Honest men who will speak their mind to your face and you don't have to wonder what they're saying behind your back. Honest men who you can trust with the resources of the church. The apostles say, choose honest men. 
said, not only do you choose honest men, he said, but also choose some Holy Ghost field men. Choose some Holy Ghost field men. In other words, choose some men who recognize that they don't get through or go through life in their own strength. Get some men who understand that they need the presence and the power of the Lord in their lives. Men who lean on and depend on the Holy Spirit to direct their feet, at, to feet and to guide their minds and to empower their work. Get some men who understand that they are not strong enough to do this ministry on their own. Get some men who don't mind saying if it had not been for the Lord on my side. To get some men who are honest, get some men who are full of the Holy Ghost. Watch this, he's saying, thirdly, get some men who are full of wisdom. Choose seven men, watch this, watch this, who have some life experience. Don't, don't choose no neophytes of life who are still trying to figure this thing out. Choose men who are full of wisdom, who, who have put in some years, who, who have settled, who have matured, who have understood what it means to be a man of faith. Men who understand right from wrong, that men who already have a moral compass inside of them and the compass is working. Get some wise men. You don't have to school on and say, now this is right, this is wrong. Get some wise men who when they are ordained, they can hit the ground with their feet running. They said, find us seven of those men whom we can appoint over this business of serving the table of benevolence with equity. They are acknowledging we've not been able to do equally and fairly what we should have been doing. Watch this. And then they say, and when you do that, we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word of God. Here's the other thing about the deacons, the biblical deacon, y'all. The biblical deacon is given to the church in order to help the pastor fulfill his calling. It's in the text. I didn't make it up. They, they said, listen, we'll appoint them over this business and we'll get back to what we should have been doing in the first place. Prayer and the ministry of the word of God. They say, we, we can't serve all these people and prepare sermons and feed the people and make sure and handle the word of God correctly without any error. We've got to need some time where we can get in God's word and nugget out and get the nuggets of his word out and truth out so that the people of God are living the abundant lives that they are supposed to live. And we can't do that and serve the tables. So get us some men to run for us, to serve the needs of the people so that folk aren't fighting about who's getting served and who's getting left out. Now, they've got a workable solution in place. And here's the selection. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping it up here. It says, watch this. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. I like that. I, remember I told you earlier, we are Baptist church. The Baptist church means that we are congregationally governed. It means that ultimately the congregation decides. Listen, we, we didn't just make that up. That comes from the Bible. 
it says that the saying pleased the whole multitude. In other words, the whole multitude said, you know what? That's a good idea. We'll sign on to that. We like that. The congregation approved what came before them. Do I have a witness in here? And they chose seven men. Stephen, you, you've got the names there. Stephen, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmius, Parmenus, I'm sorry, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Now, there's something, y'all, I'm going to point this out. There, there's something about those, that list of names that might not jump out at you. But, but all of the names in that list, guess what? Guess what the common thing about that name? The, all of those names are Greek names. All of those names are Greek, which means that what the disciples, what the apostles were saying was, listen, uh, be, because we recognize that, that, that you all are saying that, that we've not done right by a certain segment of the church, let's make sure that we bring that segment in and make them a part of the leadership. That was a smart move. They, they said, listen, we, we're not going to be paternalistic about this thing and, and only keep ourselves in places of servant leadership where we serve you and, and y'all can only be members. No, they say, no, if you're going to be a part of us, then you're going to really be a part of us. Choose seven men of your own who can serve with us. I'm not going to talk about any churches, but you know that they exist. Where you've got some churches that are called multicultural and multi-ethnic. And you see all kinds in the congregation. But look in the pulpit. Look on the staff. You, you don't see us. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. The disciples said, no, we're not going to be that kind of church. If, if we're really going to do this, we're going to do this right. Where who we are is represented Across the board. Here are the results, y'all. Here's the end. I'm wrapping it up. Here it is. And the results of that, verse 6, and when they had prayed and laid their hands on them, the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Text says this, that, that, that when they owned the problem, when they gave a response, when they gave some requirements, and when they, they laid hands on these men, guess what happened? A growing church grew more. Yeah, remember, the church was already growing. But they said when, when, when they put men in place to serve people who were being left out, a growing church Grew more. A church that was already doing well, the Lord added to that church. No, I'll take that back. It didn't say it added, it said it multiplied. And, and there is a difference between addition and multiplication. Yeah, you can add and, and you'll get there, but if you multiply, it, it, it'll take you a shorter time to get there. Wish I had a witness in here. And listen, all I'm telling you is, is that when you do it God's way, when you do it the way of the Bible, when you put God before everything, God will multiply. What it'll take you time to add, God will say, I'll do it in a fraction of the time if you do it my way. 
I'm through. So this afternoon, this afternoon, I invite you to come back and participate in what the early church started 2,000 years ago. And let this service be a blessing to you. Understand this. We're doing something that we didn't just think up. This isn't something that, that, that we came up with. This is something that the church put in place 2,000 years ago. And we still do it today. And this afternoon at 3 o'clock, UK Chapel will have the opportunity to do what the age-old church has done, to look at men full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit, honest men. You will have the opportunity to examine them, to see them for yourselves, and to then lay your hands upon them and say, serve us. That's a great privilege that all churches don't enjoy, but it is a distinctive of the Baptist church that we will choose who serves us. I invite you to be a part of the choice. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and give you his peace. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, how grateful and how thankful we are for this day and for this time together. We thank you, O oh Lord, for a growing church. We thank you, God, that you have smiled upon us and added to this church family over the years to the extent that, that we now need more men to serve the families well, to minister to needs so that none feel left out. God, we thank you for men that you've given to us. And we thank you for the ordination scheduled this afternoon. We pray, God, that in it and through it, your will would be done. And Lord, right now, as you have given us those men who are called into service, God, I believe that you've also planted here men, women, boys, and girls who need to be served. You've put here men, women, boys, and girls who, who perhaps have been coming to the church but have not become a part of the church. God, right now, I thank you that even in this moment, this time when we can celebrate the fact that we are a growing church, that there is still yet room. And so, Lord, we're pausing now and extending this invitation to simply say to one who sits even now in the pews or sits in the fellowship hall, sits in the balcony or the overflow, wherever you are, we say to you simply, we need you and you need us. Won't you become a part of this fellowship? We need you to survive and you need us to survive. It's, we're all a part of the family of God, but we extend to you the opportunity to become a part of this family. We'd love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ and I'd love to be your pastor. If you're here this morning, you don't have a church home or you've not given your life to Christ, the invitation is extended to you now. You can come right now. Now, if you're nervous about it and, and you're saying, I don't want to get up and I'm, I'm going to help you. Everybody stand to your feet right now. 
Go ahead, stand to your feet right now. Come on, everybody, be obedient. Come on, stand to your feet. God bless you. Now listen, everybody's up now. So you're already standing. You're already standing. You don't have to do that. With, you don't have to stand up and then all eyes go towards you because everybody's standing. Now all you got to do is take a few steps of faith. God bless you. We'll meet you. You don't have to come all the way by yourself. We'll meet you and bring you halfway. You come piece of the way. We'll come the rest of the way with you. The doors of the church are open. You can come by letter, by Christian experience as a candidate for baptism. The doors of the church are open. Come now. Be a part of this family of faith. You are important. Hallelujah. I need you to survive. You thought about it long enough. Go ahead and make the commitment this morning. No need of you waiting any longer. You are important to us. We need you. We need you. Come on and be a part of this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless his name. Come on and sing it again. Let's sing it like we mean it now. Sing it like we mean it. Let them know I need you. You need me. We're all apart. Hallelujah. Stand with me. Come on, agree with me. Agree with me. We're all apart. Hallelujah. It is His will. Bless His name. At every need. important to said I need you
Brothers and sisters, we have Deacon Ellis coming, and he is asking for prayer for the entire Ellis family. Brother Ellis, prayer is always in order, and I'm sure I don't have to tell you that. Let us bow. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we have a warrior, a warrior who has come forth for his family. And Father God, we know that he came boldly but humbly to the throne of grace, knowing that you are a God that can do all things. Father, we don't know what is going on, but we know that you know. And Lord God, whatever it is, if it be confusion, if it be sickness, if it be discord, we know that you have the power to bring it all back together. That you have the power to heal. That you have the power to bring peace where there is confusion. Father God, we ask that you would do the things that are needed in that family. Thank you now, Lord, for this the Father. For this the head. For we know when the head is in order, the family that prays together stays together. So bless now, Lord. Keep them in your care. And we will forever give you the praise and the glory for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. elements of bread and wine and we do this simply because Jesus said so he said I want you to do this in my remembrance I want you to do this so that you don't forget that your salvation cost my life So we do this in remembrance of him. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, how grateful, how thankful we are for this moment. We thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice of your son, surrendering himself on Calvary's cross, not defending himself, but, Lord, willfully completing his assignment, performing your will. God, I thank you for a Savior who, who prayed and said, nevertheless, not what I will, but your will be done. God, I thank you that not only did he give his life, but three days later, he 
get up from the grave with all power in his hands. Thank you for that kind of savior. Thank you for that kind of redeemer. One whom we trust our lives and our eternity with. God, now we pray that you shine the light from heaven upon our souls. And if you find anything in our hearts, our minds, or our spirits that should not be, oh God, take it out now. Take out sin. Take out pride. Take out anger, wrath. Take out lust. Take out any dirtiness or dinginess or unrighteousness that should not be and replace it with more of your presence and power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. identify yourselves uh, we do have gluten-free wafers and Deacon Gentry will gladly serve you we don't want anyone left out in this memorial meal so if you have a gluten sensitivity simply raise your hand and those wafers will be provided to you let us
us drink wine together. and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you likewise in the same manner he took the cup and blessed it saying this is the blood of the new testament which is shed for the remission of sin as often as we do this we do show forth his death and suffering until he comes again let us drink together finished they sang a hymn and went out into the Mount of Olives. Father, and of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.